Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. One of the things that technology has been able to do, so, you know, all the data we generate as individual users, digital data, we're able to search that data. Right. Now, I will say it's much easier to do because we're in a 21st century and a lot of this data was was built in mind with the ability to be searched. But one of the things that I find really remarkable, specifically about South Carolina, is like, so South Carolina documented lynchings. <laughs> they documented them like crazy. It, it would be a new, it put it in a newspaper to make sure people showed up for it, right? So, you know, in rural towns and whatever, they'd put these, 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 these calls for people to come, you're lynching a black man, lynching, lynching a whole family. We read something when we were at the Birmingham Museum that over 100,000 people showed up for the lynching of a family. And this was in a newspaper. And what I was thinking with the way data is today, especially data analytics, we ought to be able to use that to create some kind of algorithm that said every time this word was was used or or raised, like so, um, I don't know, Mrs. Jenner, if you're familiar with Shazam, but there's a music app called Shazam. And if you hear a song on the radio, you can hit it and it'll tell you um, what the song name is. But it also, another piece of information it gives you is how many times this song has been Shazam. So is there a way to do something similar to that? So that if you put in, say, um, Billy Newton, who was supposedly Frampton's father, like, and okay, Billy Newton is a very common name because I know a Billy Newton at Duke. <laughs> that might not be a good answer, but 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 you know, a name like that that you oh, could yeah. search and see this. And you know what I what I keep asking Drew about this is with all the brilliance he has, can we create this app ourselves? You know, so could we take the app to use what work you've done, Mrs. Student, and you know others have done to conglomerate them and then start searching that people, anybody can come and search a white person, black person, blue person, whatever kind of person can go search for information about themselves and their family. And so is there a way to get a dotted line that goes up above that person? So if you search Rochelle Newton, you know, will you find Robert Newton? And then will you find Frampton Newton? And then will you find Billy Newton? You know, is there a way to do that? And that's what I, I really am trying to get at is, all these smart technologists we have out here who know how to code in their sleep, Drew, I'm talking <laughs> about, uh, you know, that we could create an app like this. I, I think that would be great. I know there's there's some universities working on projects like that. And I'm, I'm, I think, I wish I could remember the name of it. I think there's something like that in Virginia, but it's not it's nowhere near as sophisticated as what we're talking about. You can find some stuff on there, but there's nothing that really links all these sites and, and so that you can do what you're saying. That would be wonderful. I think part of the problem with making them, making all this stuff searchable is because I don't really quite know how to say this. If, if, if it's a printed book and it's been scanned and it's online and, and if you find the book, you know, you can find whatever you want. You could search for Newton or do whatever. But, but that's not going to show up on a Google search because it's, those words are four or five levels down from the main site that Google scrapes. So if those things could somehow be linked to a, I mean, it's basically just a, 
Drew. <laughs> All you have to do is write the code for a keyword search for 10 billion documents and yeah. in various repositories. Yeah, uh, but on, on that, that, that's a great idea, though. I never thought about that. That's a super idea. It seems like that certainly doesn't that, that seems like it should be possible. Yeah, it is yeah. possible. Somebody just has to do it, right? So somebody yeah. has to come up with yeah. it. And I don't well, know how much time, I don't know the right app. That's why I keep asking Drew, you know, because like, a lot of apps will allow you to do these kinds of searches, but like, um, like what is it um, in uh, uh, data analytics? Uh, what is it? It starts with an H. Uh, I can't think of it. It's a, it's a, like, you know, what is it? Not sure. Yeah, yes, you do. You know what I'm talking about? Cause we talked about it before. Um, um, here, if I can do this. Oh, uh, Hadoop, Hadoop is one, one, yeah. one application. And then yeah. uh, that was the H when I was trying to think of. There are several apps that do this, but they're looking for very, it's a very narrow. So Hadoop is narrow okay. in what it does. And some, a lot of the data analytics apps, and, and again, forgive me, I can't remember all of them right off the top of my head, but a lot of them, their, their scope is narrow. It's not like they're, and like, so we're talking about is something, so the, like you were talking about in a book, like if it's, if like, so if I do a Google search on something that I, should, I if, let me take that back. If I do a, a search on my iOS phone, uh, let's say, for my DNA like I was looking for. So it will find it in all the, the text messages that have been sent to me, even though right. they may not be related, right. Right? right? So I just typed in the word DNA and yeah. it showed me three messages that had the word DNA. That's a good them. example. Right, so that, that's an example of that. So if we could take something and expand on that process, and as you said, Mrs. Stennett, I think you, you as well, Drew, they're already doing this. The question is, is can we use it for something as complex as enslavement and, and post- uh, enslavement to find it because I think it would be very helpful for others, not just me. And I think one, whoever does it will make a gazillion dollars because that's just another thing. Because even though it might be used for enslavement, it might be valuable for, you know, looking for murders or looking for a blood test, you know, like, like almost like Facebook does. Every time you go to the doctor and you tell Facebook about it, it becomes a part of a record in there and you can search that and find out how many people have mentioned the word doctor and high blood pressure or something like that. So I do think it's doable because somebody's already doing this for other right. types of things. It's just the, the size. I mean, I think this is much larger in scope, as you said, you know, and, and the question is, how do we do that? And, and, and so yeah, and I think it would have to be something uh, a big university would undertake because nobody, no, no company is going to do it because they won't think they can make enough money off of it. So they're not going to be in or sell any ads on it. So there are very many ads. So unless it was something like, you know, ancestry or family search, although they want to keep you on, they would prefer that you use their material. And, right. and it's, it's and very limiting. Forth. Yeah. But, you know, so, University of Virginia did this for Nixon. So they collected every record they could about uh, Richard Nixon. And so you can search University of Virginia. Anything you want to know about Richard Nixon is there. So they have managed to collect this now. You know, it's not 100% freely searchable. But like for I go back and listen to his tapes every once in a while. An idiot record himself. Who does that? But I go back and listen to his tapes every once in a while. And it's just amazing the level of detail and specificity they have. So but I, I disagree with your point about it not making money because if you market it the right way, you just use this as a good for example. Point. True. 
if right. they wasn't so it was marketed marketed correctly. Right. That's right. Right. Well, the, there's something like that I probably should go back to, and I should have mentioned uh, UVA also has a, a database of everyone, they got almost everybody from Virginia who uh, went to Liberia uh, before the Civil War from like 1820 to 1860, and they have them by name, and they did that with a, a grant, uh, um, and they scoured uh, a lot of uh, records. There's a lot of 1843 records from the US Navy that did a Liberian census. Anyway, it's kind of complicated, but they have many, they've got thousands and thousands and thousands of names and it's very searchable. So if you you know, have an idea that your ancestor went to Liberia, that's very, very, very rare because obviously very hardly anybody wanted to do that unless they were forced to. Um, that's in there. So like a giant bird, and that kind of got me going because I saw that and I'm like, oh, okay. I'd already seen something in the paper, an old paper about these people being sent to Liberia. And then I kind of stumbled on this, uh, this site and it's like, oh, great. And they've got who owned the person, what ship they went on and so forth. But that's not, again, technology is great, but some of that is not, you I got sent down a blind alley because there's a couple references to this hundred and some people from Lynchburg going in the 1820s. I finally figured out, and I could not find any names, nothing connecting them with Lynchburg, nothing except one ship captain, and it listed them uh, there. Uh, enslaver is William Atkins. Well, no, all that turned out to be wrong because it was Petersburg, not Lynchburg. Somebody looked at an old record wrong, and Atkins was the... Uh, colonization agent, not their their owner. So they just stuck his, not the people who did the database, but somebody in the 1840s just stuck his name on there. So yeah, it's it's hard. One just, that might be valuable for you is to look at NYU as well. They have a, a massive uh, database too. So you might want to look. Oh, NYU? There. Okay, that, thank that you. That might be a good place to look. I'm all sorry. This, I was going to say, all this sort of makes me think of like, it's almost like we need a, a Google for uh, ancestry and like it has to be like context aware because just sort of thinking about what like yeah, both of you guys have brought up like Rochelle like your grandfather like if you type in you know T-Rump or Trump like it may be listed as either of those so something that needs to like be aware of that and be aware that like you know he was listed in censuses as like different races so you can't say like I want to look for my black ancestor whose name is blah because like the name could be wrong and the race could be wrong. And it's like, it's hard to correct that. And then with all those ships, like, you know, everybody it's awful at typing in data by hand, which is what, you know, had to happen before the age of computers. So just having something that's aware of like, yeah, you know, person A typed this in, but we can't back that up or, you know, it could be well, something else. Like maybe it's not the captain, maybe it's someone else or someone just related with it or. Even, even family search, which is like, ancestry. Um, I was using that this morning. I'm trying to finishing up this book and this guy Samuel Garland was a guy in Lynchburg that I'm interested in because he was a big socialite and a very wealthy person. His family were big slaveholders. I have not been able to find until this morning, as Rochelle was saying, even how many slaves he owned in the 1860 census. So I finally looked his wife up and she wasn't in there either. So he just wouldn't show up in the census. Well, then his wife Elizabeth showed up as Eliza. So I went from Eliza 
She was married to Samuel Garland, but they spelled his name S-A-M-L in the census. And usually in Ancestry, I think, and Family Search, it'll it'll pull stuff up like that if you type in Samuel or S or something. It, it doesn't pull anything up on him. So he's he and he did own 10 people. Um, so do you know any more about him than that? Than, do you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know all kinds of stuff about him. I, I don't really even want to know that much stuff about him because I'm trying to stay away from all these rich white people that everybody's been writing about around here for 150 years. But oh, yeah, he's like Sam Garland was like he got killed in the Civil War and you know, it's the typical, he was very wealthy, his parents were wealthy, he, they, he, I think he's the one who sponsored this, they had this big ball in Lynchburg in the, I think 1861, I shouldn't be laughing, because the theme was low-class Irish, and all the people came dressed up as low-class Irish workers, because we had a bunch of Irish people in Lynchburg to, came here to build a canal. And you know, that's another important point, is some Italians are listed as black, especially the early Italians who came. Oh to yeah, black. they were super. You know, yeah, they, they were because they were dark, right? So they were yeah. dark to begin with, and so when the census came around, they listed them as black. Yeah. You know, and so what's really amazing is to look at that 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 journey from you know from coming from Sicily or wherever they came from into America, and then to be defined as so. The some of the signs said. No dogs, no Italians, no black, yeah. and they didn't call us blacks, and they didn't call the Italians Italians. I won't say the words that they right. said. The podcast, oh yeah, that. and uh, no Jews, and uh, no 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 Grecian. Right. So all of these class of people were undesirable to the traditional white people. All of these classes of people, you know, the Irish, well, at least they were considered white, but they were considered low class white, you know in the vernacular of the day, poor white trash is what they were defined as, you know, so it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. And I'd like to ask both of you, and, 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 and if you're comfortable with me asking you this, like, is there anything in your past as growing up it, as in your, in your town, in, in your family, that has any hint or suggestion why we felt so negatively about other ethnicities? I have oh, a hard yeah, time wrapping my, my head around that. My past that. is loaded with that, but go ahead, Drew. Uh, no, I was like, I like, I get that. Like, I think we all have like that as part of like our ancestral history. But I find it very like hard to wrap my head around like why people would do that. Like growing up, I sort of thought like, oh well, you know, it's just what everybody thought at the time. It was just normal. But I mean, the more you learn about it, there were people that were you know vehemently against slavery there were the abolitionists and like dad you mentioned the quakers when we were talking another day and it's like it's not that 100 of the people thought that all black people should be enslaved it was just a bunch of the people in the south that thought that it wasn't you know and not even everyone in the south uh not even just the south the north thought that too so if you go back and look at the north a little bit you know like so they they saw us in the same way, like dogs and animals, right? And so for Black people to move into their communities, for Black people to try, you know, during the Great Depression, all of these things happened, specifically in the North and the Northeast. I mean, in the Midwest and the West, it's harder to define, but ooh, up and down this East Coast corridor, it's everywhere. They did not like Black people. And whether it, and what, I guess my question, I didn't actually 
ask it correctly, but is there something like we we in, in the black community and I, I I want to say this genderly because I don't want to put out any of our secrets either, but like you know, we didn't read the white people handbook to understand how to be accepted, <laughs> how to be a part of the team, you know, how to be counted as regular, you know. And so when you they didn't think, want you to read the handbook. I know, but I just like if they passed it down for generations, how can we get a copy, one copy of the handbook so we can see it? <laughs> but you know, like how what 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 mess because in essence, and I'm sure this will bother both of you for me to say this. Slavery just changed its disposition. We still have slavery. Think about society in America. How many Black people, and I'll even go brown people, but to a lesser degree, have leadership roles in a company? How many Black people are in charge of anything? How many Black people truly have a voice? So if they don't play sports, if they don't dance, they don't sing, they don't count. And it's simply that even today, you know, like it's just so easy to see, okay, we're not being beaten. We're not being raped, you know, at least regularly, you know, none of this is happening all the time, but it's still happening in, in our country in a way that is more acceptable to white people. Cause as you said, the Quakers and the abolitionists were bothered. Well, now it's more cloak and dagger, right? So we can cover mm -hmm. it up like shooting a black child 60 plus times. What part of death did you not understand in your training? You know, it only takes a couple of bullets to kill somebody at the right place. And all these bullets were in his facial area. What, what, what training did we miss that says you still hate us that much that you could do that? Whereas in Copenhagen, I believe it's Copenhagen. I don't remember where it is. Some white man went into the mall and started sh shooting. They beat the living crap out of him. His face looks almost destroyed, but he's alive. Why couldn't this young black kid who's running away not be alive? And I'm off course, of course, but I'm just saying that the, the, the process of true slavery may be gone, but now we've created a new hierarchy or new ideology of how we see each other. And it's just, you know, more of the same. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, the people are just, you know, I'm 70 and a lot of people I went to high school with, they're racist as hell. They don't think they are, but we, we learned all this garbage in high school that was untrue about the lost cause and all this stuff. And that my schools didn't integrate until I was, uh, I think like a junior in high school, I didn't really know any black kids until then. I mean, maybe a couple I'd seen around town, but I didn't really know anybody. Um, and, uh, I loved my parents, but they were racist. I mean, especially my father. Um, he wasn't, I, I guess you wouldn't say overtly, but he was. They all thought black people were inferior to white people. And I, my personal take on it is it all goes back to slavery because the original enslavers, they had to believe that so they could keep these people down and oppressed. They had to believe they were different. They had to believe they were like animals. So they convinced themselves of that. And then, especially in Virginia and probably South Carolina too, there's so much during ancestor worship, everybody thinks grandma said this or daddy said this, you know, and it's all wrong, but they still believe it. And so, I don't know, that's one of my favorite topics too. I could get my favorite, unfavorite. I could go on and on. Have you ever read Stamp from the Beginning by Ibram oh. Kendi? That is an awesome book. He is so good. That is That really traces everything. You, it's hard not to be embarrassed you're from Virginia when you read that. I mean, like Virginians started legalized slavery. I mean, it's like 
is right there in black and white, no pun intended. I mean, you know, we need to do this. So-and-so was supposed to be indentured, but gee whiz, you know, Farmer Brown wants to, he really needs somebody to work on his farm. So we're going to change the law and say he has to work there the rest of his life because he's an African. So. Well, think about this. They brought 12 million Africans to America. That's not counting how many they sent to Europe, how many they sent to Brazil or or wherever else they sent. Just just a small, I guess 12 million is a small number, considering we're only 12 or 13% of the population. Their their work is keeping up to make sure we stay at that 12 million number. But, but, But in reality, you know, like, how could you bring these many people here to do that work and not think about the consequences of it, you know. So for the white supremacists around here now who want us to go back or wants to destroy all of us, go back where? You know, if you could tell me where I could go back to, I might be able to do that. But I just read you my, so do I go back to Nigeria? Because that's where I'm mostly from. And so how do you separate Black Americans to say where they should go if you want them to go back, but go back where? But considering how much we did to build this country, why would we go back anywhere? Because hell, y'all the ones should go back. Y'all the ones who came well, when the Native Americans were here. They were right, here. exactly. And that's what this whole colonization thing was so insane. They're all like, oh, you need to go back to Africa. We're sending them back to Africa. Well, back to Africa. I'm sorry, I'm getting excited. <laughs> they can't send them back to Africa. They lived in Virginia for generations. Their families had lived in Virginia in the South longer than some of the white people. Right. Uh, so that's that's just crazy. It is. And, 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 and more importantly, you know, when you think about this, Native Americans and Black people are the only people who did not come to this country looking for a better life. We were brought here or we were mm-hmm. here from the beginning. Right. You know, and so when you think about this process, because like your history books, my, my, my teachers told me that Christopher Columbus discovered America. And then when I go look up the word discover, there's no way you can discover something where they're already in heaven. You know, so that definition <laughs> right. doesn't dive. So how do you right. get to that point? But but we can dissect this thing for years because I'm just like you, Mrs. Center. I could talk about this thing for years because I want it to be resolved. I want to figure out how we fix it because the way our country is, these these random shootings and so I'm not depressing. The, the law, the, so I'm depressing. not talking about black law enforcement killing black people. I'm just talking about random shootings the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Think about where our country is going and the people who are in charge of leading us there. And then that man who was the president uh, a few years ago, you know, his ideology still persists today. Oh, yeah. How how do we make it better if we keep looking for ways to separate and to dissent? I don't know. We're about to time. Everybody's just got (laughs) to try to do the best they can to help and hope it gets better. It's very, I, I find it extremely depressing. I know when Drew was little and his brother was, and they had, you know, friends of, you know, African-American friends and Asian friends, and they would go over to each other's houses and all that. I'm like, holy crap, this is great. You know, we're like Obama. It's like, this is when he got elected. I'm like, it's all over. We won. It's done. Hooray. And you know, then it's now it's all slid back to the, I think we're back to the fifties now. And, I was right and there back with you, to the, you know, 1850s. So, I don't know. It's sad. Thank you for listening to Eminent Teachnology. If you like the show, please review, subscribe, and recommend us to your friends and family. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. You can email us at eminentteachnology at gmail.com. See y'all soon.